Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today, I am one of your hosts. It's been a while since I had a co-host on with me, uh, Dr. Joven Lazo with Dr. Carmen Hernandez. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. All right. And today we're interviewing um, someone who is not the most traditional type of healthcare professional. Okay. He is the author of the PharmD to MD, owner of the Physician Pharmacist Company, and the creator of the Physician Pharmacist Podcast, Dr. Nathan Gartland. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, just a little brief background on Nathan. He is actually someone who started off as a pharmacist and now got a, went ahead and get his MD. So this is what today's episode is going to be about. Um, kind of anybody who's thinking about doing some further education, some further learning, and maybe getting a higher degree um, or a different degree within the, the profession, um, we figured this would be a great episode to have and a great person to kind of lead us and guide us through their journey on why they decided to do this and how if you are kind of in those shoes and thinking about it, um, you can now have kind of a resource to reach out to. So to start off, Nathan, can you please provide a brief introduction um, about yourself to our audience today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, my name is Nathan Gartland, and I went to a two plus four pharmacy program uh, down in Pittsburgh. Uh, the school is called Duquesne University. Um, so I did two years of undergrad and then four years of pharmacy school, after which then I kind of throughout that process, I made the decision to apply to medical school and I matriculated right away uh, into medical school. And I'm currently at University at Buffalo. And I'm currently also in my third year of medical school. So it's been a, a long journey uh, to get to this point, but it's also been very rewarding. So it's been uh, a lot of ups and downs for sure, but I, I've enjoyed every second. Great. That's that's really exciting and also a tough call to make, right? You're already putting in so much time with uh, with pharmacy school doing the two four. So at least you didn't have to go through the whole bachelor's four years of the bachelor's. You did two years and then you went into pharmacy school. But can you kind of walk us through that thought process? Like what led you to decide, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and this time go get my um, physician degree, go be an MD? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I had always thought about med medical school in the back of my mind, um, but I started out with pharmacy because um, my parents were working in that kind of industry a little bit and they kind of recommended, oh, this might be something interesting to look into. So that's kind of what initially started the I guess my, my interest in pharmacy, I, I definitely did well in science, math and science in high school. So, you know, that's kind of the traditional story that everyone says. Um, in pharmacy, there was this nice program at Duquesne. Like I said, that was two plus four. So I didn't have to worry about going to a four-year degree beforehand. So I kind of rolled into it with that uh, expectation. Um, but I, I was still keeping everything open when it came to undergrad. And so during my two-year undergrad, I, I was still thinking about medical school at the time, but I... You know, I was thinking to myself, I have all this this perfect setup right here. I haven't even tried out pharmacy school. Um, you know, I, I want to give it a, a fair shot before I kind of go somewhere else or think about something different, um, especially when I had it all nicely set up. Um, and so as I progressed through pharmacy school, I, you know, I really enjoyed the content we were learning. And especially as we got to our clinical portion, um, which was, I guess, my second year of uh, graduate school. Um, and that's where you start to kind of get into the pathology and, you know, really learn in-depth pharmacology. And I was fascinated with like the diagnostic uh, component to, to medicine. And so that kind of sparked my initial interest of maybe, you know, I, I like the pharmacy side and the management of things, but I wasn't totally, I guess, fulfilled with everything that I had, uh, I had been learning at that time, or I guess I was just more curious than anything to, 
kind of explore other avenues. And so, you know, I, I put a lot of emphasis on the fact that I had a mentor um, who was in the pharmacy class above me, uh, as well as a physician mentor who had gone down this path uh, ahead of me. And they were, you know, really influential with making that decision and providing that information uh, down this very unique career opportunity that I feel like a lot of pharmacy students don't necessarily have access to or are aware of. Um, you know, I think I'd be in a very different position from where I am now if I didn't have those particular mentors in my life. So, so they kind of introduced the idea. You know, I had this curiosity and they kind of fanned the flame underneath that and said, you know, hey, take a look at this. Maybe you should think about taking the MCAT. Here are some, you know, how would you just come shadow me for a day and see what, you know, the life of a physician pharmacist is? Um, and so, you know, that really, really drew me in. And after that shadowing experience and after working with um, that upperclassman student, I was pretty much like full swing uh, and I kind of followed in their footsteps uh, along those lines. Um, you know, I hadn't like, you know, totally left pharmacy at that point or anything along those lines, but I was, I, my focus had shifted. Um, and so I originally been planning on doing a pharmacy residency and getting really involved in the clinical uh, pharmacy realm. Um, so my application was kind of oriented in that direction, but I kind of, you know, pivoted from that, from that highly clinical focus, you know, resume padding, building myself up to be a clinical pharmacist kind of pivoted away and just kind of changed the focus, like I said. Um, and so by doing so, it really made the um, transition into medicine pretty easy, which was nice. Um, and I, I just have to say that my mentors have been, you know, found, I guess, uh, absolutely amazing when it came to, you know, directing where I wanted to be. So, um, you know, as I progressed to pharmacy school, I kind of followed this, you know, different path, uh, thanks to the early exposure. And that ultimately led to me taking the, um, MCAT during med or during pharmacy school, um, which some patient or I guess like some students are interested in doing that. I think that's usually the first step uh, that you should consider if you are considering this down the line, because um, you don't want to abandon ship and, and leave pharmacy when, you know, maybe you don't do well in the MCAT or maybe it turns out you're not as interested in the profession as you should be. Um, so some of those things uh, you don't want to like, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and then it turns out that it was the wrong basket. So. Um, you know, pharmacy was a, a it could be a very, a very rewarding career and it would have been for me. Um, but, you know, I wanted to explore some other opportunities and it, it turned out that I ended up in, in medical school. So I, I don't have any regrets about that decision. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like the seeds were planted your second year where you went through a lot of the clinical information and the pathophysiology and the diagnostic really intrigued you. So going from there gaining some practical experience was that also your second year um when you got to shadow your mentors yeah it was a little bit in the the second and third year um but okay. primarily yeah, second second and then at no point in time did you say to yourself i'm just gonna switch now you wanted to wait a little bit and keep giving pharmacy a shot yeah i think uh it can be a little uh challenging for some students because you're already kind of dedicated to a uh, graduate level program. And so some of the credits, especially at my particular time, wouldn't have transferred anywhere. Um, so if I had like decided to switch into a free medical program, um, you know, basically those two years of pharmacy school would not have been sufficient um, to transfer anywhere else to get me like a four year degree because I'd already been in four years of you know college yes. at that point in time. Um, so that was kind of uh, definitely a barrier for, for switching out. Mm -hmm. Now, I have talked to students in the past, and it is something you could consider is doing the pharmacy track as well as doing the pre-med track. 
Um, and you can, you, most schools will actually be willing to add you on if you just talk to their admissions board and, and all of that information. You obviously be taking an extra like half credit or extra credit every semester. So it's a little bit ex extra work and gives you access to some of the more traditional um, medical school applicant uh, resources, like obviously mentoring. Um, but I think the fact that we have like such a unique background and we're coming from such a uh, non-traditional approach that some of the, the information that they might give you won't even be applicable. So I, I actually considered applying to the pre-med program like during pharmacy school. I was like, maybe I should do this. And I, you know, sat on there. I was like, oh, I don't know if it's worth extra credit money. And I don't know if I'd really get a whole lot out of it. So that kind of, you know, on, on top of that, I decided I'll just stick it out in pharmacy. And a, another fa factor that actually you have to consider is applying to medical school. You have to do it an entire year ahead of time. So I wasn't really, um, you know, I, I guess like the the way that the trajectory of which my my career was going at that point, like it wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense to drop to switch out. And then I still would have had to wait a whole nother year at that point. So I, I was close enough to the end of the didactic portion um, that I was just like convinced, like I could just finish this out. It's, it's not a big deal. So still, it wasn't like it was definitive within you to go ahead and, and explore. Um med school but it was just something more in the back burners but it was actually i don't even want to say on the back burners it's like you knew it was there but it just that final decision didn't come in yet at what point would you say you had that feeling or sensation that was like all right this is exactly what i'm going to go do yeah that, that's a great question I, I think the nexus of that decision came when i actually went on a medical uh mission trip down in haiti and i was actually down there with um one of my uh with my my mentor actually at the time um the student and they were you know they were basically kind of that was the original time that i was introduced to them um and they i really worked hand in glove with them um down there and there's not a lot of uh accessible resources and so as pharmacy students i was kind of working almost as a you know medical student at that time and it was just a really really rewarding process and it kind of uh you know, I, there was a lot of diagnostic um, that went into it and street medicine. So I was just fascinated with the whole thing um, that was so just non-traditional when it came to what my pharmacy life was, at least what I looked at for pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Since I got out of the, you know, the community pharmacy environment, I got out of the hospital and I was actually like on the ground doing doing great things. Um, so it, it was just a really cool experience. And I think that's when I decided, like, all right, I need to I need to go forward with this. And I Within a couple months after that, I signed up for the MCAT and that started the whole, you know, snowball down a hill. That's a great reason behind it. And, and I could tell just by like listening to you how passionate of a moment that was for you to kind of help spark you to go ahead and be like, you know what, this is the time. This is the moment that I need to go ahead and start applying everything and making this my new passion. Like this is the passion that I want to pursue. No, absolutely. 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 You know, and I very interesting when you said that um, the diagnostic part really kind of like reached out to you like during your second year and it's funny because during my rotations one of the common questions I would get from my preceptor is like how do you diagnose that like what kind of what is the gold standard um, to get diagnose this disease or if it was for um, an antibiotic like to streamline it um, how like what like tools would you use and so I would get that question a lot as a pharmacist. I didn't even think about going the physician, you know, the physician yeah. route. But I can see like how it goes hand in hand together because even though we're drug experts, but we also need to know, um, you know, if the tools that we use were the right tools too. Because I've had plenty of patients where 
Um, they were, for example, prescribed antibiotics for UTI, but there was no urine culture done. And so, you know, you have to know what diagnostic tools you need to be able to streamline medications down. So it really goes hand to hand when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with uh, our pharmacy education, a lot of it focuses on optimizing medications and, and optimizing care. Um, you know, physicians would struggle immensely if they didn't have us there back, backing them up and, and <laughs> yeah. optimizing and figuring out the right treatments. And so, you know, on the front end of things, the physician is obviously has like a differential diagnosis when it comes to, you know, what are all these clinical signs and what do they mean? You know, what other possibilities could this be? And then what is the first line treatment we can utilize for this? I can't probably, you know, most of my, my peers might not be able to get past that line. But that's the nice thing about having the pharmacy background is that, um, you know, I kind of have like this dual uh, foundational knowledge where I can kind of, you know, go in different directions depending on, you know, just off of the experience that I've gotten over time, you know. So I, I definitely, you know, I, I think pharmacy has been very foundational with how, how, you know, medical school has been for me and how, how great things have gone. If you could even add on to that, I was kind of thinking, yes, it would definitely help when it comes to probably knowing the guideline recommended therapy for different disease states, like what's first, second line options and whatnot. But is there another thing about getting the pharmacy degree while being in med school that you probably didn't even realize pharmacy would have helped with this? Hmm. Yeah, that, that's definitely a great question. Um, you know, I think the pharmacy degree goes a long way when it comes to applying to medical school. That's, that's a huge feature, but, um, we can explore that more in a, you know, a few moments. But one of the things that I really took away from pharmacy school when it came to just being in, in professional school as a whole is that pharmacy trains you to be, you know, a professional when it comes to working with healthcare professions. Um, you know, you have to be able to work in an interpersonal team and solve problems and, I think that's like that early introduction has been like really important for my experience in medical school. I felt like I've had like a, a leg up when it came to maybe some of my peers who might not have had such robust experience with uh, working with patients. And so having just the pharmacy background when it came to professionalism, when it came to just even just familiarity with like being in a hospital and understanding the workflow that needs to go on to, to provide patient care has been really, really important. Um, and it's really helpful. Like I've, I felt so much more comfortable light years ahead when it came to uh, some of these more like practical things that you might not even think about um, outside of just the clinical knowledge that's added to to my experience. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Like I'm even thinking, you know, it, since we mentioned ID earlier, like you understand the process of vancomycin. You can understand why sometimes the trough might be high. Hey, maybe the dose is, is good, but was it possibly because the admin times are off or was it drawn too early and different things like that? Whereas maybe the physician isn't as aware of it. They just see it's high. It's like, all right, let's DC, do something else. You know, so it's like certain mm -hmm. things could be playing into the role. So mentioning that, I could see how you just, you're more well-equipped to to lead a team of um, healthcare individuals because you've gone through this. So I can definitely see how that's played like a benefit to you being a physician. Because, you know, oftentimes, I'm sure you you know this, like with rounds, it's like we all look at the physician as a leader. But then now you can kind of test the two of the different roles within the team instead of just one. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And of course, you know, there's other specialties and, and individuals in medical school and in my class that have, you know, different backgrounds. Some of them are like went to anatomy PhDs and beforehand. So I think just, you know, a lot of people are going to have a lot of different diverse backgrounds when it comes to, to medical school. Um, but having the pharmacy, I can't stress like how, how useful it's been, um, you know, with my experience. So. Uh, there are some things, you know, I was hoping there would be a little more exposure to, but it's not always the case. And it's going to be different for everyone um, across like where you go to medical school. So 
um it's it's been really great to have and I just wish like I I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have the the mentorship that I did. And so that's my whole like purpose of, you know, being on the shows and doing all this is to kind of introduce the idea to uh, interested pharmacy students. Um, so that's uh, I guess like a, just I want to emphasize how important the PharmD has been. Yeah, definitely. And then not only that, the the value of great mentorship, because that I would say also kind of impacted me to do a podcast and to do kind of the untraditional things in pharmacy. Just because I had a mentor who was untraditional, he's like, eh, you can do whatever. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, I'll just do it. It's like, you're a hard worker. If you're a hard worker, you'll make it work. So just do whatever you want and be happy. Like, you don't have to fit in the the box that people try to put you in. Like, you can think outside of the box and do different things. And I think that's the most underrated component of our profession is is the mentorship and the value in mentorship that we have. A lot of times we just think, oh, you know, work or we have preceptors and that's it. But it's like if you can get you a strong, solid mentor that can go a long way to helping you develop a growth mindset and really do whatever you want to do with your career. Yeah, I think that translates to pretty much any profession. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, without those experiences and that kind of guidance, I, I don't know if I ever would have pulled the trigger on it or known about doing that. I feel like pharmacy kind of shifts you, at least from the educational standpoint, always kind of points you either, you know, pick when you're in pharmacy school, pick two paths. You're either going to be a resident or you're going to be a community pharmacist and there's don't stray from the path. Um, and I think it's important to ask those questions. You know, could you be an ambulatory care pharmacist? Could you be maybe a nuclear pharmacist? They always hint at that one as being, I wonder how many jobs are actually out there for that. But yeah. um, it's just, there's, there's so much more. Um, I think like the PharmD, used to be like a destination degree and i don't think that's the case anymore you can use it to pivot and, and launch yourself to all your different career aspirations there's so much you can do with the degree just having that that doctorate behind your name um, and apart from the experiences which i which um as you mentioned you know having the farm d degree really really boosted um having that experience and that clinical background would you say that it also facilitated the application process because i know you mentioned you took the mcat um, maybe, you know, some students that are thinking of going through that route, they might be worried about maybe extra classes needed to take or that maybe you didn't take um, to get into pharmacy school. So being in a doctorate program in pharmacy, did that help get into medical school easier? So definitely a lot of information to unpack there because um, we could have a whole podcast and just the, the medical school admission <laughs> process alone. Um, but to kind of give like a brief overview and then I'll, I'll circle back to that question. So, like I said, you apply to medical school a whole year in advance. And so a lot of preparation goes into that application. And there's three different tiers of applications that you can conduct and, and complete. So obviously you have your MCAT first, which is like your medical school, uh, medical college admission test, which is basically like the big, you know, rubber stamp that goes on your forehead that says like, this is my score. I'm qualified. I, I did this, you know, that's basically the only standardized test across the country. Um, that allows us, uh, I guess, uh, interviewers to basically compare um, applicants, you know, objectively speaking. Um, and so then you have the primary application, which is a whole laundry list of your personal statement, a um, whole bunch of other things. Um, and there's work activity section. And I will tie in that the PharmD uh, definitely helps. Like my, my clinical experience has been, you know, influential in the sense that I've had so many more experiences that I could share and comment on in my uh, primary application that I, I felt like it, you know, really helped me uh, shine when it came to uh, medical school 
um, admissions. Now it's hard to say because I was obviously an applicant at the time. So I don't really, I can only, you know, tell you how many interviews I got and, you know, what the outcomes were of that. But mm -hmm. so it's hard to say how influential it really was. Um, but so obviously I put all of that information in my pharmacy background into the primary application. And then after you submit your primary, then you do a secondary application and that's individualized to every medical school that you apply to. So if you apply to 20 medical programs, well, then every all 20 of them are going to have a different secondary with uh, X amount of prompts that you have to fill out. And these are you know, sometimes essays, multiple essays that you have to submit to schools. And those are all individualized. Like, why do you want to go to art college? And, you know, tell me something unique about you. So sometimes you might be able to have a little overlap, which is nice, but uh, that's not always the case. Um, additionally, then after that, then there's supplemental content uh, to kind of make sure that you are um, like an ethically sound individual. You're like you might be good on paper, but if they, you don't know how to talk to a patient, that's pro problematic for sure. Um, and after that, then you get to interviews. And then after interviews, there's a whole bunch of different types of interviews you could come across. It's not just like the standard, you know, I remember in pharmacy school, we had like just like a one-on-one -on -one interview and that was it. But uh, there's so many different ways. Maybe that maybe that's the case now for pharmacy school since I've been so removed um, since they had like the admissions process, but um, they have like more, many, uh, multiple mini interviews um they have group interviews now different things um to talk about on top of that then after you you know have your interview then you wait several months to even longer uh than that to, to hear and sometimes you'll get just one email that says oh sorry you didn't fit <laughs> and uh, you know your whole career kind of hangs on that um but alternatively you might get lucky and you got the you got the acceptance you impress someone at that time so that's kind of like the full cycle of how it you know applying to medical school so first of all, learning all of that, uh, especially as a pharmacy student, was very challenging. Um, I didn't have I had my mentors, of course, but I didn't have them sitting there like holding my hand through every every step of the way. They said, oh, there's this thing called the MCAT. Find out about it, you know, <laughs> um, stuff like that. So yeah. they're obviously busy themselves, too. So and they were obviously applying to medical school at the time or were a resident um, medical resident. So. A lot of those things that is part of the reason why I, you know, do this, uh, do these podcasts, create all these resources is because I had such a difficult time figuring out all this information while balancing my pharmacy um, responsibilities. And that was certainly a challenge, like attending medical school interviews while on my appy rotations. That that was definitely a conversation to have with uh, some of my preceptors. But um, it's definitely been influential, like having the pharmacy background to make me stand out, especially on interview day. Um, you know, just like we're talking right now, it's like talking. Some of the interviewers who'd be talking to me would, I felt like a peer to them. I was just the pharmacist on the ward and we were talking about medications and, and psych drugs the entire time. And they didn't even ask me a single question about my application. Um, so it, it gives you the opportunity to have that good rapport with the, the physicians versus someone who may be like a traditional applicant. They ask you a question and, you know, the, the applicants just traditional. So they're just like, Oh, I volunteered once in, in the hospital and it was great convinced me I wanted to be a doctor. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but sorry. So I, I said a lot there, but, um, you know, I think to kind of summarize your question, the PharmD was definitely very, very uh, influential when it came to, you know, applying to medical school in the sense that it, it helped me write a lot about the content, have that professionalism like I emphasized previously. Definitely sounds like it was a, a great tool in the toolbox, in the toolbox to help you sell yourself. Because um, you have all those different experiences, like you're saying, that you can attest to in the interview component. And then if there's any clinical questions, like you'll probably also know the exact drugs, maybe even the dosages you might be able to say and attest to, whereas maybe other physicians just know the drug and like pharmacy will figure it out. <laughs> pharmacy will figure out the right dose and the, the renal dose adjustment and all that. But whereas you probably. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, got it. Perfect. And then 
I kind of want to ask you, when it comes to the PharmD degree, we know how it will help benefit you, but how do you kind of, how do you plan on that PharmD and MD uh, degree really playing a role in your career? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think, you know, just the first component of that is my, our shared experience working with the, the pharmacy profession. Uh, obviously, like I have strong roots in pharmacy. And so I never want to leave those roots. I don't want to, you know, abandon the profession or, or leave, you know, entirely. So staying connected, I think is really important. And I want to continue that connection throughout uh, medical school, obviously, and then throughout my, my time practicing. So, um, you know, I'm obviously going to be biased towards, you know, when we're rounding on the floors, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of, uh, I give a lot of respect to my pharmacy team, um, but also just really helping integrate and break down some of those barriers just with my peers um, with, the, you know, the pharmacy profession. I know like a uh, there's a big complaint, you know, in just current practice that there's, you know, some barriers between the profession of pharmacy and, and physicians and not necessarily respecting, you know, some of the the hard work or the, the recommendations that we put in. Um, now, sometimes that might be, you know, warranted or we might not know of a particular disease or illness that has like this very niche specific, you know, management criteria. But alternatively speaking, I think more often than not, it's, um, you know, just they don't, it's kind of like an ego thing or something along those lines. Yeah. And I've never worked with any physicians who are like that. Um, so, you know, full, full disclosure, but um, it's something, you know, that I think that the profession as a whole has uh, major complaints about. So kind of serving as that bridge between the two professions and really advocating for pharmacy because, you know, pharmacy school is hard. It's it's not fun. Um, and so anyone who gets through that is uh, I, I have a lot of respect for. Which which uh, school would you say is hard right now? Med school or pharm school, pharmacy school? Oof. All right. So I, I kind of had a, like a flip flop on this answer. So I think the first two years of medical school, um, so medical school is broken down into like two years of didactic and then two years of clinicals uh, versus pharmacy, which is three years didactic, one year of clinical. Um, so my didactic portion with in comparison to pharmacy's didactic has been pretty similar, I would say, when it came to like academic rigor. There's a little bit more volume in, in medical school, but it wasn't like anything where I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't handle this. Um, you know, anatomy is tough, I think, just because we as pharmacists never got exposed. Maybe some programs do have like a small crash course on anatomy. But for my particular program in pharmacy, we had no anatomy exposure. So I went totally blind. So that was definitely a challenge. It's more just, you know, totally novel information versus, um, you know, obviously like medical management. I was very good with that when we got to like the more the pathology based lectures in, in medical school. So kind of to answer that. Didactic, very similar uh, between pharmacy and, and medicine. So if you can make it through that portion of pharmacy, I, I'm pretty confident that you could, you know, if you did well in those fields, you would obviously do really well in, in medical school, too. Uh, when it came to rotations, it's not that anyone wouldn't do well. It's just the hours are a lot more time consuming, <laughs> to say the least, um, without stepping on too many uh, traps here. Um, but, yeah, as you can imagine, the hours are, are very long and you have a lot of um you know responsibilities like i i take call um that's like a thing that a lot of things i, I felt like i didn't have to deal with on uh pharmacy rotations so you know there i think that comes with the territory too it's kind of prepping you for residency and so it's kind of an expectation that you know you're you're putting in all that work so i think rotations as a whole not necessarily that it's been more difficult but i think the hours have been a lot more strenuous. Um, I feel like I definitely have less time for extracurriculars and, and other things. Um, but I think that'll change because when I hit fourth year rotations, 
that's when all my applications are kind of in and things supposedly get a lot lighter. So maybe I'll have a different uh, opinion in a, in a couple months. Okay. So from what I got is seems yes, like school is a little bit tougher. <laughs> mm -hmm. Med school is a little bit tougher. That's that's what I that was a professional way of saying med school is slightly <laughs> slightly tougher. So great job, great job. Those were my words, not Nathan's. <laughs> Anybody has a problem, talk to Joven. Um, all right. No, I've always wondered. I've always wondered. I've I don't remember who, but I think somebody told me that they thought pharmacy was harder. But I think for them it was because they were less passionate about pharmacy. Mm. It wasn't yeah. like it was tougher. They were just more passionate about um, med school. So it was just easier for them because they actually wanted to learn all that stuff. Certainly. I, I think that like motivation is obviously a huge component. And I will kind of, you know, amend my statement in the sense that pharmacy really, really focuses heavily on like mechanisms and pathways and, and things. So like, I feel like they do a deeper dive into content. So if you're not really feeling that approach to, to uh, education, that can certainly be a lot uh, more challenging. Uh, medicine is more of like a broad net and we don't go as deep with a lot of the uh, content. So I, it might just depend on your learning style too. You know, I'm just, I'm one individual. Some people would, you know, argue that pharmacy is certainly harder. Uh, so you'll have to listen to some of my peers who have done, uh, who have made the switch, see what they think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then um, I wanted to ask another question. So you didn't tell us exactly what you wanted to do. Do you know what you want to do with your career? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of, or at been, least what you know, you're thinking now. And also what <laughs> yeah, year are you in too? Third year. He said you're third. in your third year. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm in my third year. Uh, third year, they the saying third year is the worst year uh, of medical school. Um, uh, just because you're, you're really busy with clinical rotations. You have to hit all these requirements on top of airing for residency applications. And right. so mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. I'm still obviously learning about that, that process thus far. So I probably can't comment too much on what goes into it and, and all of that. But um, it's it's a very, very busy time because we, uh, unlike pharmacy, we actually take our boards throughout medical school and there's three different levels wow. um, versus pharmacy. You kind of take your NAPLAX and your MPJE at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. Alternatively, we take them in the middle of medical school and then also post like middle of residency, too. So it's, it's kind of a weird uh, layout. But uh, what I want to go into is uh, I'm thinking heavily of anesthesia at the moment. Um, I was originally playing around with emergency medicine, but, um, and I still haven't had a couple of rotations thus far. So I, I can't, you know, say I've crossed those For out sure. entirely, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking probably 95% I want to do anesthesia. I really like the hands on component to it, um, as well as it, you have to be really good with like physiology. Um, and obviously having the pharmacy background, you have to be aware of like, you know, the way medications actually work and affect like the volume of distribution. So almost more like pharmacokinetics and, and dynamics. Okay. So an anesthesiologist is kind of where you're leaning towards. Absolutely. All right. That's awesome. And then, yeah, that definitely the PharmD degree will help. <laughs> I mean, you just explain <laughs> how, but that's, and that's what I was wondering. I was like, I wonder what kind of job you're, you know, if it was ID, if it was maybe cardiovascular, different things like that. But definitely I can see it playing a big role with being an anesthesiologist. Yeah, my uh, my mentor is actually an infectious disease attending, so um, he's the he's like the the one who started all of this. But um, yeah, he uses his pharmacy background like extensively. That's probably one of the best fits, I would say. Yeah, uh, obviously, internal medicine is also a really good field, um, just because there's a lot of medicine, a lot of uh, medications that you're titrating. Surgery, um, you know, probably is less of a good utilization, depending on what you go into. One of my other mentors that I've worked with, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. Farmed cardio, and he actually has a strong position on the fact that there is a lot of pharmacy in surgery. So it's a very interesting take that I that I came across. So 
I think it just depends on who you talk to and, and how you kind of in, implement pharmacy in that particular field to, to find the right fit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like with cabbages, though, you know, it's a lot of different cardiac meds that kind of come into play and they might also have some heart failure, some blockages and whatnot. So yeah, I could see, I could definitely see how that could play a role too, helping determine like what type of therapy you would want to use. So it makes, it it all kind of makes sense at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but, <laughs> but it all makes oh, sense. Like, yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, for those of you that want to, it's a great idea for me, not so much, but, um, no, that's awesome. Something else I was wondering was, how do you have time for all this? Because we're about to get into your book and you have the podcast and you're in your third year. How do you have time for us? And then you have to study for the board. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, give us the secrets to your time management skills, please. There's, uh, uh, I guess, basically just no sleep. Um, but no, <laughs> I, another thing I got out of pharmacy school, I, I, I do really think I, I learned a lot out of pharmacy school. Um, like, no kidding. But um, just the time management um, was really, really important. And so I have a big emphasis on time management. I, I really also compartmentalize what I'm doing. Um, so if I'm focused on studying, I feel like a lot of people these days will sit down and they'll say, I'm going to study a lot today. And then they'll pull out their phone every five minutes and then they'll get distracted or there's a TV on in the background or, you know, a lot of distractions are, are obviously very uh, time consuming and kind of disrupt that mental focus. And so I, I really focus on, you know, staying, staying in that box and just finishing the task at hand. And that opens up a whole avenue of, of opportunities where, like, I, I know if I stay dedicated and get this work done, I'm going to totally enjoy playing Xbox later. You know, not that I get to do that very often, but, um, you know, because obviously I have extracurriculars and research and, and studying for boards. But I also have this hobby where, you know, I'm working on my own business and, and trying to kind of build the, the platform for individuals who are interested in this career. So. Um, I guess time management, it's kind of a, you know, cliche answer when it comes to, to answering your question. But I think that individuals who are very disciplined will find that there's actually quite a bit of time throughout medical school to, to really get what you want done. Like I've worked as a pharmacist for, um, the last three years of medical school and wow. about 18 hours a week for the first two years of, uh, during the didactic portion. Uh, third year, there's, absolutely no time for it. You know, when you're doing 80 hour weeks, it's not possible to, to continue on and have like a life. Um, but I do plan on doing some more of that, you know, later on in fourth year as well. I, hold on. I didn't think about this. What? So once you get your, your MD license, are you still able to practice as a pharmacist if that license is active? So now we're getting into some gray territory and I'd probably have to talk to a legal expert. Um, yeah. but, uh, I guess from my understanding, I feel like it might be a conflict of interest. Um, yeah. now you probably, you can practice independently, but I don't think you'd be able to write your own prescription and go yeah, fill exactly. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's, that's a slippery slope right there. But, um, th technically speaking, you could, you know, keep your license active and mm -hmm. then, you know, if you want to work a, a side gig or something like that, you could theoretically maybe during residency or something along those lines. Oh, wow. I never thought about that, that like so having both degrees and actually using them. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, maybe yeah. I will rethink this all. Uh, this all <laughs> that is so crazy. No, that's cool. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it's been a nice way to supplement that's some income. Awesome. I also kind of keep my yeah. feet wet with pharmacy. So it's, uh, you know, uh, I do enjoy it. Sometimes it can be a little stressful, but, you know, managing a work schedule on top of, um, you know, just coordinating like, oh, I, I can do a four hour shift on. Thursday night, three months from now. It's like, and then some meeting comes up. You're like, uh oh. Um, so <laughs> you get the best of both worlds. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then 
Um, just to tie back what you were saying with time management, I think you touched upon something that was very key is that it's a lot of being well grounded into the activity that you're doing. So if you're set, uh, set the time to study, your focus needs to be on studying. It shouldn't be on your phone. You shouldn't allow distractions. Throw your phone. I just throw my phone somewhere. I don't know where I put it. That's what I do. But you could put it on silent, whatever, whatever you have to do. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. That's what I was going to do. Thank you. Like all these different things that you can do to help block out the noise to help you focus. So it's like, that's one of the things uh, I would also recommend too, because I know a lot of times uh, most of our listeners are students and always ask like, how do we make time? How do we blah, blah, blah. It's all going to come from you being disciplined and understanding that when you set an objective for you to accomplish, you have to just lock in on that accomplishment. Once that's done, you can address the other things that are going on. So always try to be as well-grounded as you can be in the activity that you need to focus on. If it's time for you to, you know, have fun, then just focus on fun. Don't be focused on work and other things like that. Like set your time for certain activities. And when you're doing those activities, just be 100% locked in. And then you'll have plenty of time to do whatever you want to do all day. Yeah, there's so many stimuli these days where everyone's kind of grabbing for your attention. And just having that focus, like you said, is going to be crucial. To And you'll be surprised that the results actually demonstrate that, hey, I'm starting to do better on my exams. I'm starting to be happier. I'm not stressed about, you know, I'm out having a good time and I'm not stressed about the the thing that I was supposed to do today because, you know, I wasn't diligent with my studies. So it goes a long way. That simple little tweak in your life can can make a whole lot of difference. Watch out, Dr. Oz. <laughs> Dr. Garland's about to take your shoes. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, so we got, we got a deep dive into pharmacy school. We got a deep dive into a little bit about the med school application process, um, a little bit about what you're planning on doing with your career, um, some time management tips. That wasn't even on the list, so you guys are welcome. Uh, but next, I kind of want to talk about the book. So you are the author of PharmD to MD. I believe the title is kind of self-explanatory, but can you kind of just talk to us about the book and what kind of inspired you to write this? And what are some of the takeaways you want our audience to have regarding this book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So kind of to preface, you know, why I even started in the first place. Um, And so obviously I applied to medical school and I remember writing down a lot of information. I like to keep track of things because you never know when it could be useful. Um, Documentation and data is huge. And so, you know, I basically sat down after I'd gotten into medical school and I was like, why was this process so challenging? Why was it so hard? And, you know, why did I have such a miserable time? Why did I spend way more than the average applicant does? Um, partly because I didn't have any mentorship. Um, and I was like, well, how can I make this a resource basically for students who are considering going down the path? Like I had people, you know, after I'd gotten into med school from pharmacy school in the class below who are asking me tons of questions and, and it came kind of became kind of tedious i was like oh man i got to answer this email and this email and that email so i was like what if i just made a comprehensive guide that kind of facilitated and answered all of those questions and things that you can't find anywhere online you can type in you know PharmD to md but you'll get one or two you know options and there's hardly anything um comprehensive i should say and so I, pretty much i decided like hey you know i have this template right here of all the things i hate about the application why don't i just kind of formalize that but also add more informational uh, content that students can basically follow step by step. They can jump in at any particular time, you know, depending on what year in school you are. You could be a, a PY1, first year professional, and I have a template that shows you exactly what you should be doing each year of that particular, you know, stage. If you are considering your ultimate goal at the end of the day is to go to medical school. So, you know, get involved with research, start, you know, setting up different you know, things along those lines and getting shadowing opportunities. 
Um, so kind of, and then obviously sharing my own like experiences, like, Hey, by the way, you know, don't apply to every medical school that you think you can get into based off of just your MCAT that ended up costing me a couple you know, $500 here and there, you know, on just wasted application fees, which is pretty substantial for a, for a pharmacy student who's already got a ton of debt. And so that's part of, part of the, I guess, rationale for writing the book. And so it took me a full year. I, I started med school and I, I had this, you know, PDF four page document of just, you know, my, my notes and comments. And it, I was fortunate enough to have one summer off. Like that's the only summer you get off throughout medical school is after your first year. And I was like, wow, like I, you know, I should be doing research, but instead maybe I'll just like sit outside and, and just, you know, type away at this and see what if I can create something. Um, and so I did so, and obviously I made the book and that kind of, I never would have expected that my, the, the, I guess my company has like, you know, expanded to what it is now, uh, where I have an online website, I have a podcast, I just created a video course that kind of st streamlines the whole book basically down into 10 hours worth of lectures. Um, so that's obviously another resource that students, cause I know it's busy, like who has time to sit down and read a book? Not, not everyone has that, that diligence. Um, so that's, that's part of the rationale, I guess, for doing it. And I love working with students, giving back. Um, you know, I do a ton of like consultations with, with students where I just like meet up with them, say like, hey, so you're thinking about going to med school? They're all the way across the country. But, you know, I, I think it's fun. It's important to give back because I obviously was so passionate about this career path, but I was also influenced by a lot of uh, my mentors. And I so I want to make sure that I you know provide that for students who are also going through this, uh, I guess, like this challenging period in their life. No, definitely. And it makes sense. And even with us, some of the, some of the things that we do, it really came from a place of feeling like we had no help, completely mm -hmm. lost. And it's like, all right, how can we give back and help other people? And so some of the services that we have, um, that's kind of how that came about. It sounds like you have the similar story. It's just, hey, like it was challenging for me. I already took all these notes. I already did all these things. I might as well give it to y'all. <laughs> so anybody that's interested in making the switch, it could be at least a hundred times easier for you guys because I already went through everything. So you didn't have to. So now you can kind of just kind of follow the, these guidelines, these stepwise process and your life is your life will be it'll be way easier for you to get to your ultimate goal. Yeah. And, and I think there's going to be a growing field. Um, like I said, you know, the PharmD is no longer like a destination point where a lot of people are using it to kind of jump to other non-traditional careers. And there's also programs like popping up. I know Rutgers is one of them. Um, that does like a dual PharmD to MD pathway just integrated into their, their system, which is pretty interesting. I'm not sure if you've ever come across it, but no, it's like the first of its kind, actually. And so people will go to pharmacy school first, then apply for the medical school process, but internally speaking, so they don't have to do the whole outside stuff. Um, and then they go right into medical school. So kind of that, that program has already taken hold at some of these major universities, and I think it's going to grow. So, so hmm. it's, uh, it's very interesting, exciting time for pharmacy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then as far as your book, where can people purchase it? If anybody listening uh, wants to get their hands on a copy? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you can reach out to uh, my website, which is physicianpharmacist.com. Um, you can also find the book on Amazon. Um, you can find the course. I just started a YouTube channel as well as under just the physician pharmacist or PharmD to MD. You just type all those those key tags into uh YouTube and, and find some of those resources. But most of my content's on on my website and then on Amazon. 
Um, but I, I think, you know, obviously a little biased, but, you know, a few dollars here might uh, help a, go a long way with uh, saving you plenty of time down the line. But don't worry, I'm not going to retire off of this, but it's more so, <laughs> it's more so just fun to do. Um, you know, I, I make more uh, working an hour at my pharmacy than I do off this book a month. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing with us, like the podcast, our services that we do. It's just like, it's a fun thing and it's a way to give back. It's a way to help somebody accomplish like their dream goal. If it's to get to a certain residency or get the, their dream job, like um, help them with the interview process and whatnot. So it's like really just giving back and learn from the mistakes that we've made. Uh, so that way the process for you is a lot better and you get to accomplish your ultimate goal. So that's all we want is just to help and give back. Absolutely. So great. So anybody listening, if you want to get a copy of the book, it's at um, physicianpharmacist.com. Or you can go to Amazon. It's also there um, by Dr. Nathan Gartland. And then the podcast. So is the podcast also related to the book and whatnot as far as like the, the type of people that you interview and the content that you release? Yeah. So the, the podcast is obviously something newer that I, we've added to the the platform. Um, you can find it obviously on the website or on uh, Spotify or, or Apple uh, Podcasts, anywhere uh, basically. But um how it works is basically we interview other PharmD to MDs um, and other people, and they don't necessarily have to be that, but just people in interested in medical school as a whole. Uh, and we're also transitioning to more of a just non-traditional pathway. Um, so I've interviewed individuals who've gone to pharmacy school and then went to law school afterwards. And now they're in charge of one of the biggest, um, you know, construction industry um, as law programs in, in the country, which is pretty cool. Um, so you can do use and they talk about how they utilize their pharmacy background as basically a, a, a major pivot point to kind of bolster their career. Um, so just basically non-traditional approaches um, to, uh, we talk about fellowships, residencies, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, but a lot of physicians who've gone down the entrepreneurial path too. Um, so a lot of good content on there if you, if you guys are curious. Obviously, plenty of good content here too. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and uh, no, it, it's, I'm glad you mentioned entrepreneur word because I was going to say that it sounds like it's really for anybody who is interested in being an entrepreneur within pharmacy, that this is something that you can kind of listen to and gain some insight on maybe how to switch to a different career or how you could use your pharmacy degree and maybe start a side hustle or different things like that. Like you're kind of gaining that type of knowledge and tips to help boost your entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, entrepreneurial components. We have a podcast working with Tim Albrick, um, going over like finances of applying to medical yeah, school with uh, your yeah. financial, yeah, your financial pharmacist. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of, you know, little tip, tidbits in there that can help you, you know, along your, your journey. And you can obviously individualize it to what's going to fit your, your interests and needs. Well, this, uh, for everybody listening, there are quite a valuable resources out there. You got the book. The, the the YouTube channels, the podcasts, um, mm -hmm. and it can be found everywhere. So really, I would really highly encourage everybody to look into it because um, nowadays it's so hard, you know, when you really want something, it's hard to find, you know, somebody you can trust um, with the information you need and the guidance. So, and, um, and yeah, I was going to say not to cut you off, but I did cut you off. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's why I don't have co-hosts because I cut people off. And not only that, but also I'm one of those people where it's like, how long ago was that book written? Mm -hmm. Like times have changed. So right. this is something that's recent, <laughs> that's new, that's out there. So it, it more relates to what's going on in today's time. And I think yeah. that's also very valuable because some of the information that somebody might tell you that happened 10 years ago mm -hmm. is not the same with the application process. 
trust me. So definitely yeah. take keep that in mind when it comes to your resources. Like how long ago was this made? Was this produced? How long did they update it? So you have something that's that's fresh, that's new, and could be really valuable um, to anybody that's listening that's interested in going the MD route. I'm glad you cut me off because that is a perfect ending to what I was trying <laughs> to say. So <laughs> yep, absolutely. And then, and I would okay. go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 please. I was going to say, too, you know, I think just a lot of pharmacists in general, just this is a point of curiosity. Um, so obviously, if you don't want to buy the book, I'm not going to be offended at all. But, um, you know, on the website, I have blog posts and things along those lines that you can just like read about how what is it like to going to me- like going to medical school? What are the things that I should be aware of ahead of time? That's obviously totally free, um, you know, and obviously you can find me on YouTube, too, with the extra stuff. But um, yeah, so I appreciate all the, the book plugs, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And then um, for our last question, what advice do you have for any pharmacists or pharmacy students listening that are thinking about making a transition? Yeah, so I, it kind of summarizes everything we've talked about, but I think you really have to sit down and think to yourself, where do you want to be in the next 10, 10 years? I think that really put um, you know a good perspective in my head of, you know, I didn't want to necessarily, I wanted to be, I was interested in clinical pharmacy, but I didn't, wasn't sure if I wanted to go through a two-year residency program. I wasn't sure if it was going to be hands-on hands on enough for me. It wasn't, it didn't have that diagnostic component. Um, so if there are, if those are like things that you are actually interested in or, you know, want to explore more, then you really got to be honest with yourself and say, you know, is pharmacy the right career path for me? Um, and I've interviewed people who certainly said this is the best career I've ever been in. Like I, I could never even consider. I thought about it for a few moments and I was like, no, it's not, that's not where I want to be. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, downsides of obviously going into medicine too. So you have to be aware of those. So, you know, we talked about all the great things that, you know, we could do in this podcast today, but, um, you know, you have to think about there's a work life balance trade off. There's certainly, uh, obviously delayed gratification, um, uh, an additional, X amount of years plus your residency. Um, so those are things you have to think about. Um, so that, and definitely the financial consideration is also important. Um, you know, if you have tons of pharmacy school loans like myself, you know, that's something I really had to think about and sit down and say, like, I'm going to go into way more debt, yeah. you know, on top. I'm basically just going to multiply my current debt, which is like $160,000. So no, no silver spoon here. Yeah. And and multiply it by two <laughs> and now and i go to a cheap medical school too so you know there are some medical schools that are a hundred thousand dollars a year um which is pretty pretty crazy definitely you know sit down have that kind of moment i want to be in 10 years do i want to learn balance that i have once you kind of come to that consensus you know the money thing is obviously something you should consider you have to do your due diligence but at the same time i wouldn't let finances be a barrier just because um, down the line, things will work itself out. Uh, you'll have opportunities to kind of make all that back over as, you know, as you work as a physician. So it can seem scary up front. It certainly still scares me quite a bit every time I log into my my loan account. But, um, you know, those are things that you you will tackle eventually. So I don't want you to be talk to talk to my friend, uh, Tim Albrecht. He'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure Tim, Tim probably has some strategies. Um, and if they don't, <laughs> I, I have some strategies. Uh, but and it's unfortunate. I, I meant to ask this. Um, would you say that was probably your biggest challenge or biggest fear from making you pursue uh, the MD route was like finances? I wouldn't or say whatever. finances was. Yeah, it wasn't as, I guess, 
I, you know, it, it seems like fake money to me at this point, yeah. um, which is kind of a, you know, irresponsible thing to say. Um, but, you know, they just kind of gave you the loan without even thinking about it. So, you know, as a student, I'm just like, oh, more loan money, you know, no big deal. I know eventually, you know, they're, I, I'm going to have to pay all that back. And I know that I'm spending whatever I buy is going to cost me $2 later. Um, so, you know, that was definitely something I try to be frugal. I obviously work as a pharmacist intermittently. So that kind of helps keep my expenses low. Um, there's, there's some ways too that I've come across that you can obviously avoid some of those costly mistakes. Uh, obviously applying to medical school is a very expensive process. There are ways that you can minimize those costs. There are ways that you can minimize your costs at medical school. Obviously, if you go to an expensive school that you're kind of stuck, but you can apply for scholarships and things along those lines. Um, so I, I don't think finances was the primary, I guess, like barrier. I think it was more so just like the knowledge gaps that I had. I made a lot of mistakes when I was applying to med school. Um, you know, I, I applied to a lot of programs and I didn't get a lot of traction with some of them because I didn't think about some of the logistics of actually applying to those. Some programs required an osteopathic, you know, letter of recommendation. I never had one of those. So that was a waste mm -hmm. of money. So things along those lines. Um, and just like just the mistakes I made along the way, I think were probably the biggest barrier, just the lack of knowledge. And all that time I sat in the library studying for the MCAT. And I ended up having to take the MCAT twice because I didn't take it seriously the first time. I think that was pretty much the the hardest part. The MCAT is definitely the worst part out of all of this information that I'm sharing with you today. Once you get over that initial hump, it kind of everything snowballs and it, it gets easier and easier. All right. Well, thank you. That was it for the. Well, did you have any other questions? For me? No, no. Okay, perfect. So that was it for the questions that we had for you. Before we let you go, did you have any questions for us? Um, no, I think we're, we're pretty good. I appreciate you having me on the show today. Uh, you know, I think we, we covered a lot of great content and this is just a super awesome interview and I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you so much for, you know, for allowing us to reach out to you and for your time as well and your willingness to um, be our guest speaker in our podcast. So this was really, really a great, um, a great interview. Yeah, great episode for sure. Yeah, I think they're going to love it. And I, I know a couple of people, uh, I'm not going to say names, but I know a couple of people that have thought about doing exactly what you did and they didn't do it in pharmacy school. So I can't wait to share this with them to see maybe they'll dive deeper into your content and see if they'll maybe make that switch from being a pharmacist to a physician. Yeah, you, you don't have to be a pharmacy student to make the switch. I've, I've worked with individuals who've been well into their career who've considered doing doing it um you know there are some pros and cons that i think the financial perspective becomes more important yeah. uh as you get further along those lines just because you know individuals with though you know 10 years out of pharmacy school probably have a mortgage and, and other things that you have to consider with families to, to care for and that can be pretty challenging not to say that it's not you know being done you know i have individuals in my class who are you know parents and stuff so there, there's there's little organizations to help out with that too awesome well Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Nathan Gartland, author of PharmD to MD, owner of the Physician Pharmacist Company and creator of the Physician Pharmacist Podcast. It has been a pleasure to have you on. We appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. And thank you for this awesome content that I'm positive some, are, some of our listeners will be moved by and will definitely, definitely take to heart. And hopefully that can help them, whether it's pivot into a physician career or even a different career. Maybe this can kind of help spark them um, into pursuing what they're truly passionate about. So thank you. All right. Thank you.